Welcome to Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written. We're back once again as we continue our study in the Book of Psalms, and this is week number two. Teach us to pray. An exciting study we have today, but let's begin with prayer. Father, we want to thank you for bringing us together again this week as we continue our journey through the Book of Psalms. And this week, we're going to be looking at the importance of prayer and what the Book of Psalms can teach us about that very subject. We ask that you'll guide us through our time together today, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're delighted once again this week to welcome back the author of this quarter's Sabbath School lesson, Dr. Dragoslava Santrak. She is the managing editor of the Encyclopedia of Seventh-day Adventists. Slava, welcome back once again. Thank you. So this week we're looking at prayer, the importance of prayer. Teach us how to pray. Well, I mean, the title of this week's lesson may make some people feel a little uncomfortable. Teach us how to pray. I, I know how to pray. Do we really need to know how to pray? And what about, what are some of the benefits of, or drawbacks of spontaneous prayer versus prayer that we might learn from the book of Psalms? Uh, help us to understand this a little bit. Yes, yes. Well, I, I will start with maybe uh, sharing a short story that I read. Uh, this particular author shared the anecdote from his friend's life. Uh, one evangelist was visiting them, and as they sat to share a meal together, the father of the house began with prayer, and he recited a few uh, uh, lines from Psalm 145, and he began the prayer saying, O Lord, the eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. And as he was in the middle of his prayer, the evangelist interrupted him, saying, Lord, we thank you that we don't need to burn our lamps with borrowed oil. See, with this critique, uh, this man disregarded the invaluable, irreplaceable value of psalms uh, as prayers. And uh, it doesn't take uh, much just to remember Jesus' disciples in the Gospels who said, Lord, teach us to pray. Who knows, if they didn't ask that questions, would the, the Lord's Prayer be in the Bible? We don't know, but we are very grateful to the disciples for asking that. And Jesus did not say, why are you asking me that? You should know. But he taught them because Jesus understood that prayer, yes, it comes from heart, but prayer needs to have content and understanding of to whom we pray, why we pray, and all of that we learn through the scripture and, of course, with the Holy Spirit. All right, so, so we're looking at the book of Psalms and we want to know how to pray. How can we incorporate the Psalms into our, our own prayer life? Is there, uh, are there easy ways that we might do that? If we think of the Psalms as biblical prayers par excellence, we would love and want to have them every day in our life. It's like when we talk about healthy diet, how to be physically strong and healthy. Uh, we recommend a change of lifestyle, isn't it? something that's long-term. Uh, one healthy meal is beneficial, but if it's taken only sporadically, it won't produce the effects and benefits that a healthy diet is meant for. The same is with the Psalms. 
if we just sporadically from time to time read a psalm and then forget about it, yes, we will be blessed, but not as much as if we make the book of Psalms, reading of the Psalms, praying with the Psalms, our daily, daily habit. So you've been studying the Psalms, letting the Psalms work on you for many, many years. What, what kind of experiences have you had as you interact or, or, or interconnect your own prayer life with the Psalms? How has it been a blessing to you and how might it be a blessing to someone else who's thinking, well, how could I do this? How could I have my prayer life enlivened? Sometimes we, we can, if we're not careful, get into a rut when we pray and we pray the same things over and over again without even thinking about it. How might incorporating the prayer, the, the Psalms into a prayer life make a difference? How has it made a difference for you? Yes. Uh, well, I, I mentioned earlier um, that I grew up with the Bible and, and the biblical stories and the Psalms and all these images. But I have to admit, it, it wasn't until in my later life that I embraced the Psalms fully in my life. And it took one unfortunate event in my life to help me, or or should I say, open my eyes to fully appreciate, and I'm still growing in the appreciation of the Psalms. Uh, When my husband and I lost our first child due, due to some complications at the delivery, that Friday evening I was alone in my hospital room. And all, I, I was left without any spiritual oil in my lamp, to use a metaphor from the illustration. And almost just by the habit, I took the Bible. I was exhausted physically, yes, but spiritually even more. But I took the Bible nevertheless, as it was my custom, and I opened the Bible where the uh, bookmarker stood, and I was like, yeah, I'll just read And that's going to be that. And for that day, the marker was on Isaiah chapter 49. And that's the song of Zion. It is Zion celebrating the goodness and love of God. And uh, as I was reading, each word, it looks as if it was meant to pierce my heart even more. I read verse 13, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth. And break out in singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on the afflicted. But then I read verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. When I read this verse, these words became my words. The words that I lost The words I didn't have to pray that evening, I found them right there in this. And I kept repeating this verse over and over again. And then I finally, after really pouring out all my soul into that verse, I read the next one, which says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet... I will not forget you. And since that time, uh, Eric, I can tell you, I realized what a treasure, prayer treasure, not just theological, doctrinal, which is also crucial, 
But what a prayer treasure do we have in the Bible? And uh, since then, the Psalms especially, they help me articulate my words. They help me articulate my feelings, what I want to tell the Lord. And they lead me in prayer. They help me create and maintain a regular prayer life. So this is, it's not just something theoretical or theological. It's, it's a very real help in challenging times. And, and people face real challenges today. Life is, uh, life is very complex. Uh, prayer can sometimes be complex. And in the book of Psalms, it, it, it helps us to understand the perplexity of human life, the perplexity of prayer. When you have somebody who's on a, a, a pilgrimage of faith, they may be at different points in their journey. How can the Psalms help someone who is trying to find their way through a complex life, through a, a, a difficult pilgrimage to, to get where they want to go? Yes, yes. You see, when difficulty struck us, when something bad happens to us, especially as believers, because we have this faith that God is good, God is in control, He protects, and then we get bitterly surprised when sickness hit or worse. And some people have tendency to stop praying, to, to turn away from God because it is too heavy to understand. And the Psalms, they don't run away from these challenging questions. But you see, they also promote one crucial idea that no matter what, the communication with God must go on. So when the psalmists cry out, Oh God, how long? Why have you forsaken me? How long have, will you be angry with us forever? You see, they express this uh, uh, longing, this maybe disappointment and even challenging language sometimes. But what's crucial here is that they continue talking to God. Why? Because they know that prayer is directed to a living God who may for a time seem to have hidden his face, but it is a merciful, long-suffering God who hears and answers prayer. So my encouragement here to everyone is, no matter to what you're going through right now, don't stop talking to God because God hears you. The Psalms will give you words, but also they will lead you to hope that you don't feel now. So many people around the world are looking for hope. The book of Psalms contains a lot of that hope or points us to the one who can give us that hope. Maybe that's a more appropriate way of saying it. If somebody wants to dig more deeply into the book of Psalms, there is a companion book for the book of Psalms. Share with us a little bit about that companion book. Yes, the companion book uh, accompanies the, the quarterly and it follows the week-by-week week segments and uh, provides additional information, provides illustrations and explanation, and it's a wonderful resource, definitely and, recommend. And the person who wrote it, tell us a little bit about him. Yes, Dr. Martin Klingbeil, he is an Old Testament specialist and uh, a teacher here at Southern Adventist University, uh, a great scholar. He co-authored the commentary on the book of Psalms with me. He did the first part, Psalms 1 to 75. I did 76 to 1, 
150. So uh, a wonderful uh, uh, companion book, definitely a must-have read for everyone. Fantastic. And if you're wanting to pick up that companion book, that's very easy to do. Just go to itiswritten.shop, itiswritten.shop, and look for the companion book to this quarter's Sabbath School lesson on the book of Psalms by Dr. Martin Klingbeil. You will be blessed immensely as you, uh, as you read that. Uh, as we study week by week through the Adult Sabbath School Bible Study Guide, as, as you study through it, then come here to the Sabbath School program and you get to hear from the author. Couple that together with the companion book and you're going to be able to not just deepen and strengthen and, and broaden your own understanding of the book of Psalms, but you'll be able to share these things with others because no doubt you know some people who are going through some challenges. So uh, I, I trust you already know and believe that you do that this is not just for our own intellectual gain, but it plays a very real uh, work in our spiritual lives and we can be an encouragement to others as we share it with them as well. We're going to be back in just a moment as we continue looking at teaching us how to pray here on Sabbath School brought to you by It Is Written. There's something I want to tell you about that is so important. It's my place with Jesus. It Is Written's ministry to children. Take the children you care about to myplacewithjesus.com. At My Place With Jesus, you'll find so much that will bless your children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren or the children at church. There are the My Place With Jesus Bible Guides, 21 studies that will take the children you care about into the Word of God. They'll learn the important things, especially the love of God and the sacrifice Jesus made for them as well. Take your children to Journey Through the Bible. It's there at MyPlaceWithJesus.com. It's a special Bible reading program that will get children into the habit of reading their Bible daily and connecting with God regularly. So don't forget, MyPlaceWithJesus.com from It Is Written. Welcome back to Sabbath School brought to you by It Is Written. We're continuing looking at week number two, lesson number two, on teaching us how to pray. Uh, Slava, let me ask you this question. How can our prayer life benefit as we incorporate the Psalms into it? What are some ways that it can be strengthened, made more powerful, more impactful? Yes. As we mentioned just earlier, the Psalms help us articulate our prayers and give us a freedom of speech. Sometimes we think that we have to censure our words and be very careful what we express in our prayers, especially in communal or church prayers. However, the Psalms give us this freedom of speech and and God wants us to come to Him as we are and with what we have. So one of the benefits is that the Psalms make the believing community aware of the whole range of, of emotions and situations in believers' life. Uh, by default, we believe that many times that happiness should be that main mood that's appropriate for worship. But then we will go to the Psalms and realize that if we are going through 
these stressful moments that it is appropriate to cry, even express anger. But you see, the Psalms are giving us these proper words to do that. And, uh, but they don't just leave us there. They do give us a word, they do give us words, but then they also broaden our perspective by introducing hope and elements that we at the moment don't have. And uh, they even transform our experience because as the word of God by the Holy Spirit, God is able to make us believe and live as by the words that we read in, in these prayers. So it's, it's really an entire process that the Psalms lead us through in our spiritual journey. So it's an amazing book, a compilation of songs and prayers. And you just shared a, a wonderful example of how some Bible passages meant a great deal to you and your family when you were going through some significant challenges. What if somebody's going through a challenge and they pick up the Psalms and they say, okay, how can this help me? And they open it up and they start reading and it doesn't seem to apply to them at all. I, my, my suspicion is that the Bible didn't fail, but that there may be something else to take into consideration. Yes, exactly. You see, when we read and pray the Psalms, we do that as individual believers, but we also learn that while we do that, we keep in mind our entire community of faith. We are not lonely rangers. We are the people of God. And this peoplehood is very important in the Psalms. So let's say currently I'm going to wonderful times. Maybe some got a promotion or, or, or graduated or something like that. And then it happens that I read a Psalm of Lament. As you said, did the Bible fail me? No. The Psalm of Lament Reading it in joyous times can be beneficial for at least two reasons. First, it teaches me compassion towards the suffering. It teaches me that there are people around the world who are not enjoying the peace and blessings that, that, that we have. And it calls us to pray for them, to intercede. It could be somebody in now near uh, uh, um, environment or people around the world, not to mention all the wars and crises. It teaches us compassion. And second, it teaches us that bad, just as good, is part of this earthly living. And uh, it can happen to anyone, to God's children as well. So it prepares us to stay strong in those times as well. So it may apply to us immediately directly. Yes. It may apply to someone else that we're not thinking of. And it may just help to, to help us appreciate the complexities of life and prepare us for something that is to come. We've talked about how the book of Psalms is, contains prayers, is prayers. It's communion between Jesus and, and us. But it's also, they're also songs. Share with us a little bit more about the the song-like nature of the book of Psalms, how does that play into things? Yes, yes. Eric, if I may, before I answer, try to answer uh, that beautiful question, I would like just to add that the Psalms also supply new motives for prayers. Sometimes we tend to be very self-centered in our prayers and pray about our, mostly about physical needs. But the Psalms will teach us 
to pray about many more things that God wants us to pray for. And just the other day, as I was reading the psalm, Psalm 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I was surprised how relevant that prayer is. Pray about other things. So it supplies these new motives. So our prayers are much broader than than sometimes what we tend to pray for. That's very powerful. Yes. And and psalms as songs, because they are prayers and songs, um, ancient Christians, when we read the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and other texts in the New Testament, the, the, the authors of the epistles say, singing the, in the psalms and songs, the, they had tunes and they sang because that's a mnemonic device, a, a way to remember a psalm. And we do have some music today by various artists, but it's a beautiful way to learn a psalm by singing it. Sometimes I like to invent my own tune. Uh, of course, I sing only for myself and the Lord, who is very gracious uh, uh, to listen. But uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful way. And um, Ellen White, in education, she wrote how often by words of holy song are unsealed in the soul the springs of penitence and faith, of hope and love and joy. And when we have these songs, these uh, uh, psalm verses in our minds, they just pop out whenever, you know, we need them. They are just there and surprise us and we start singing in our heart and it changes the whole perspective we look on a day or a situation. You mentioned a moment ago about how singing a psalm might help to uh, to help it stick in our minds. Yes. Now, w- without singing a song or a psalm, what are some some psalms that you've found for yourself that maybe in, in singing them in your, in your mind or, or even singing them outwardly have, have been able to kind of settle in there a little bit better? Are there any that stick out to you? Yes. Well, there are several psalms. Sometimes what I like to do, I go to YouTube and try to see if any artist already made, made a song. And they are truly some wonderful songs. Uh, by the means of a song, I was able to memorize Psalm 77, which is one of my favorite psalms. And perhaps later in our study, we will refer to this psalm. Psalm 119, I'm on a journey of memorizing Psalm 119, and singing it definitely helps a lot. And it brings a kind of joy and personal touch to, to, to the psalm. When, you, when, when we sing it. And let's say somebody doesn't consider themselves a singer. They, as you said, they sing between maybe themselves and the Lord and, and, and not too many other people. But it can still be a blessing for them, can't absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. And it, I believe God created us with a musical fiber in our hearts. And it brings so much joy. And even if it's a eulogy, like a sad song, it's it's becomes so much deeper than just reading it. Are there any, any psalms that you can think of that lend themselves very nicely to a, a song-type memorization? You mentioned right now you're on a journey for Psalm 119. Yes. That's an impressive journey. Uh, that's, a, that's a good, long psalm. 
Um, and my suspicion is that that song may, may twist and turn along the way as you, as you memorize it. What would be some easy ones that people might start with um, when thinking about singing the Psalms? Perhaps I'm thinking now of hymns. Hymns are a wonderful way to sing. And even in the church, for example, uh, Psalm 29, it's a beautiful hymn to the Lord. Give unto the Lord, almighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. A beautiful psalm to sing. Perhaps Psalm 8 and some other psalms. Psalm 136 is also a beautiful psalm. And perhaps if, uh, if there are some musicians uh, who can compose, it could be sang antiphonally, meaning that one part of the group sings the first line and then the second group echoes, for his mercy endures forever. Or give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. And the entire psalm goes that way. And it kind of really builds this True spiritual joy, not the artificial one, but the real one coming out from the Lord's word. So it, it may be, in fact, it probably is that since we don't necessarily have the, the music that originally accompanied yes. these, we can get to some extent creative ourselves yes. and, and let the Lord impress us with how this should all come together in a way that's going to, uh, to work for me to memorize it and for me to apply it to my life. Uh, do you have any, any, Final thoughts, words of wisdom this week. We're talking about teach us to pray. Uh, The disciples came to Jesus, teach us to pray. We're going through the Psalms, and the Psalms are helping us to learn how to pray. Someone who's who's wanting to implement this element a little bit more in their lives, any final words of wisdom, thoughts to give to them on, on how this might work for them? Yes, yes. Well, I will start with saying... Um that first of all, make a commitment to incorporate reading or praying the Psalms on a daily basis. And I would recommend starting from Psalm 1 and then continuing in that uh, uh, way, in that order throughout the entire book. What we can do is, first of all, ruminate or reflect on the various ways the psalmist addresses God the motives for prayer uh, the psalmist include, the way the psalmist expresses himself. Uh, how does that relate to me when I read? Uh, and if I read and it relates to me, then I supply something of my personal situation. The psalms were written in a very, written in a very general way, meaning that they want to be applicable to all people. And then... If the psalm challenges me in some way, I should pause and in the light of of Christ's revelation think where I should better myself. Is there a confession I should make? And allow the psalm to lead me all the way. Slava, thank you for joining us or taking us through this this lesson this week, uh, learning how to pray. And we hope and trust that this has been a blessing to you as well. We'll be back again next week as we continue our journey through the book of Psalms here on Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written.